Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? We're back again for another week of the Canadians Connection Podcast. And I'm back. Uh, last week, of course, Chris G filled in. I'd like to thank him just right off the top. Thank Chris G. Uh, he's, he's been helping us along all year. He's filled in for Rick on a couple of occasions. He filled in for me last week when I was writing an exam. So right off the top, I'd like to thank Chris G for his contributions in the Chris Nyland episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, this week, however, is number 31. Rick I couldn't think of a number 31. Could you help me out with that? Uh, it just completely <laughs> slipped my mind. <laughs> uh, d- d- were be? you thinking like John Cordick maybe, or, or, um, Hmm. Uh, maybe a goaltender, maybe a goaltender, maybe. like, uh, it's a goaltender uh number. Jeff Hackett. Yeah. Jeff. That's one. <laughs> How to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th- those, about, those all work. How about, um, uh, Mark Napier. Oh, there we go. A forty-goal scorer. You can't forget Mark. Uh, uh, twice, I think he he um, in the early '80s had forty goals for the Canadian. He actually um, came from the old uh, World Hockey Association, the WHA, where he scored sixty. Uh, so Mark Napier, wow. number thirty-one. How about that? That's 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 a pretty good one there. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably uh, we'll probably go with Carey Price, I guess. That's okay. that's the one. All right. We'll probably we'll right. probably go with that. But but great selections nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, I guess this episode is going to have an eye to the future. So I guess my comparison for this week will be the you are the Carey Price to my Charlie Lindgren, maybe. We'll wow. Talk, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. We'll see. Hopefully. We get into a little bit of that when we're talking. Uh, we've got a great guest lined up for the second segment, Amy Johnson of the AHL Report. Uh, glad to have her on. So this is going to be a jam-packed show, ladies and gentlemen. And I suggest we just dive right in with, I guess we'll review a little bit of what's been going on. Because, I mean, this is a, a strange episode for me. Because last week, at least you had the one game that you could talk about. We don't have any of that for the Montreal Canadiens. But we do have the NHL playoffs, which have wow have they ever heated up and and you you've gotten some series that have uh had, that have come to a close and and some surprising results i mean obviously the tampa bay result the the sweep by columbus over tampa bay is the one that everyone was talking about just last night the colorado avalanche beating the calgary flames in five games another surprising result and I mean, even though they were a little bit even in the in the standings, I don't think anyone expected that the Pittsburgh Penguins would be swept by the New York Islanders either. So these playoffs have been unpredictable. I think a lot of people have probably gotten their uh, their brackets broken <laughs> pretty much early on with that result. Uh, the one I spoke of just a few moments ago with uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, this playoffs and and correct me if I'm wrong on this but this feels like maybe one of the most unpredictable playoffs at least a first round that we've seen in in quite a long time I mean uh, Winnipeg and St. Louis as well that series has been back and forth in in a way that I don't think many people anticipated 
Well, the the Winnipeg, yeah, for for my money, the the most competitive, the most interesting series has been Winnipeg, um, St. Louis. Uh, It has been back and forth. It has been tight. It has been close. Uh, And there's certainly um, luck and, and, uh, um, you know, um, puck bounces and and, um, that kind of thing is is, – ruling the day there it's it's been a very interesting series not no one has won a, a home game yet yeah. and they're in st louis tonight um so it, maybe that bodes well for for uh, winnipeg who are facing elimination they've won four games in st louis this season um and uh, patrick Lina, uh seems to uh like playing there uh, but the other series, you say um, unpredictable. Well, I mean, uh, both conference champs are out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in Calgary and, and Tampa Bay. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was uh, Eric Ingalls that tweeted that the, the uh, with Calgary and Tampa Bay had combined for 112 wins and 235 points on the regular season. Um, and with – Columbus winning, getting the sweep, and Colorado uh, the 4-1. Um, those two, those two conference champs managed just one win combined in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, quite. Uh, and I know what we're going to hear. Uh, anything can happen in the playoffs. That's not quite true, but but it certainly is is bearing fruit this year. And and uh, yeah. maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Uh, when yeah. we um, when we look at um, uh, the next year's uh, roster and and uh, and and maybe what what um, what Mark Bergevin could have done at the trade deadline to have uh, gotten the Canadians into the playoffs and given his team a chance to do the, the same kind of thing that Colorado and and Columbus has done so far in the first round. Yeah, and I mean, just to uh, catch everyone else up there, uh, you mentioned that the Jets are going to be playing in St. Louis tonight, and the and the and the Blues have a chance to uh, close that series. But as you say, it's been uh, it's been in road ice advantage. Uh, it hasn't exactly been uh, very uh, helpful for the uh, home team uh, playing at home. Uh, so this that could really go any way, even though the Blues have an opportunity to close it tonight. Dallas playing Nashville that series is tied at two. You have Carolina and Washington also tied at two. And then tomorrow night, we have another series that has another two series, excuse me, that have a chance to come to a close. And those are the Toronto Maple Leafs and Boston Bruins and San Jose Sharks and, uh, and Vegas Golden Knights with Toronto leading 3-2 and Vegas leading 3-2. Uh, this is going to be a very uh, interesting uh, couple of days, obviously. I mean, the playoffs are always interesting. So as you say, next week, we're going to discuss some things about uh, whether or not the Montreal Canadiens should have went for it. And, and maybe try to be a part of this unpredictable and an interesting time of year. But uh, anyways, that's for next week. Uh, we'll focus on some other news, uh, news that relates to the Montreal Canadiens that came out of this week. Um, so we had Max Domi, who was nominated for, uh, well, was the Habs nominee for the King Clancy Award that is uh, recognized every year for his leadership that, the uh, nominee is recognized for the leadership on and off the ice, as well as humanitarian efforts. So uh, that's a, that's a nice nod for, uh, for Max Domi. For sure. And uh, each team nominate makes uh, their own nomination. Uh, so we have 31 nominees for the Canadians. It is, uh, as you said, 
uh, Max Domi. And, and um, I think Max Domi has showed um, uh, his interest off the ice uh, in, um, in doing good things. And, and he certainly did with, uh, you know, Domi himself is, is diagnosed with type one diabetes and, and, um, and it, you know, certainly hasn't curtailed his, um, his career. Uh, uh, and, and so he wants to, uh, provide that same kind of, uh, hope and inspiration for, for the, the kids and, and, uh, uh, that he works with. And, and that's, uh, that's, uh, the reason that he's received the King Clancy nominee, uh, the Canadians nominee for, uh, for this season. Um, we'll find out, uh, at the, um, NHL awards, uh, on June 19th in Las yeah, Vegas. And, uh, um, and, um, and the, the winner of, of the King Clancy award gets a 40,000 check, $40,000 check that is then, um, uh, sent to the charity of their choice. Yeah. And I mean, Max Domi, uh, we talked about earlier this season that he was the guy that, you know, the Montreal Canadiens had, had used uh, through social media to drum up a little bit of interest. And he seemed very interested in being in Montreal and he seemed invested in that. And also a guy that has used his platform to spread awareness for uh, people with type one diabetes and diabetes, of you know, type two as well. So great for, uh, for Max Domi. And just while we're on the subject of awards, um, many, many people were talking about, uh, Phil Deneau for uh, for uh, as a nominee for a Selkie. I you know personally I thought that was uh, rather premature and and uh, there will be no um, nomination. The, the the nominees came out and uh, the usual suspects are there, yeah. uh, and so no uh, Selkie nominee this year for Phil Deneau. Uh Today uh, where we will learn the um, nominees for the Vezina Trophy. That should be announced ah. later today. And um, I've seen a few articles this week uh, making the case that uh, Carey Price should be one of those nominees. We'll, we'll see later today. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough field, but I think that Carey Price did enough this season. And you guys talked, you and Chris talked about it last week. So we won't dive into uh, your guys' season, a little bit of a season review last week. But I think there was enough there that Carey Price should uh, should get that at least a nomination. I think that would be uh, well-deserved for Carey Price. Um, so I guess we'll move on to other has news, which and one of the things that came up just a couple of days ago was that the Montreal Canadiens extended Christian Follin one-year, one-way deal for next season. And, uh, and that was a bit of, a, of an interesting move. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Fulham played well in some cases and other games, I think particularly down the stretch as, as the Montreal Canadiens uh, in particular, that game against Washington didn't exactly, wasn't looking the best. And, and this was a little bit curious that it happened this early on. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on the move? Well, it's uh, yeah, I, I think um, uh, Chris G tweeted, uh, what's the rush? Uh, and yeah, and I yeah. guess I would, I would uh, I would echo those sentiments. Um, um, it's it's yeah to 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 review. I mean, Christian Folan has a 19 game resume with uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. He he was uh, uh, an acquisition prior to the trade deadline. 
um, and came from the uh, Philadelphia Flyers with uh, with Dale Weiss. Um, and, uh, you know, I, 27 years old, uh, undrafted, um, and and uh, has good size, 6'3", uh, 204, right-handed sh- shot. Um, I, I think we can say that he was uh, he played a physical game. Um, yeah. If we look in his uh, for his 19 games, he had 65 hits. Um, that's I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's more than uh, Victor Meta had in the entire season. <laughs> um, he had uh, uh, 19 block shots. Um, he's got a, a, a good long reach, so you know he he gets his stick in in the passing lanes. Um, he's kind of a that that consistent stay at home, you know what you're going to get kind of defenseman, and and I, I think that 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 um, he uh, as as the, the Canadians were going through a rotation on the third pairing, I think he kind of solidified that third pairing, and and uh, um, uh, you know so I you know there's some things to like about him, um, yeah. But did it need to have? Did it need to happen <laughs> this early and this soon and before other you know moves were were made? Um, and 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 the news is you know when you look at the numbers, the news is not all all good because um, of all the defensemen, um, Folan had the worst five on five possession numbers. Um, of any of the any of the defense core, and that that includes uh, Carl Alsner and and David Schlamko, and um, <laughs> you know just four points in in nineteen games, um, averaged uh, just under sixteen minutes a game. Um, uh, worst relative Corsi, uh, his goals against per sixties on the wrong side of Mike Riley. You know, there's 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 some things to be concerned about, I guess. Um, now, if, if he's falling behind uh, on the right side, he's going to fall behind Weber and Petrie and hopefully Juleson um, uh, with Juleson being back. Uh, if he's a depth defenseman, um, <laughs> all right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but for those who, who, who say, well, you can never have too many defensemen, you know. Um, I think I think we saw this season, you can have too many defensemen. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, look at the look at the, the Laval Rocket roster um, and uh, the NHL experience they were able to boast uh, with with even Kulak at times and, and Meta and, and yeah. Alsner for, for the, the season, Willette for the most of the season, Schlemko. Um, I think that, I mean, and, and well, that should have been, uh, you know, good news, I suppose for, for Lavelle. Um, it, it really hampered the, um, the slots available for the, the, the guys that needed to be needed time um, that yeah. needed uh, ice time and needed development time. And um, you had less time for Sklenichka and it took him a while to get going. You had Moravchik who um, was pissed getting sent to the ECHL because there wasn't room for him. And he went, he left and went back, um, yeah. you know, less time for Kale Fleury, um, uh, less time for Brett Lernout. Um, so it, it, 
it's I, you know, if if he's a, an extra defenseman, fine. I I just um, what's the rush? Uh, he gets a bump from six fifty this current season to eight hundred k next season. Not a lot of money, uh, yeah. but you just wonder. When, when you know, Blaine, Blaine Potvin, um, one of our, our staff writers, said, you know, when everything's equal, you want to you wanna have a bias in favor of your own guys, the guys you drafted. And, yeah. he, and, and I agree with that because that sends a strong message to the entire organization that you value uh, your own draft picks and you're going to do what you can to develop them. And I don't think this sends a very good message to a guy like Brett Lernout who – Yep. You know, a big fellow plays a physical game, a block shots, uh, uh, can clear the front of the net, has a good stick, skates well for a big guy, all those kinds of things. And you think and, and plays on the right side and you think, gee, this uh, this doesn't bode well for a Brett Lernout. Well, yeah. And the thing is, and, and if you remember when we were talking about Xavier Roulette earlier this season, that was a signing that happened on July 1st. And that was a signing that the Montreal Canadiens made very early in the offseason. This one is even earlier. So Brett Lernout is now looking at this in this, this scenario. And I suppose we'll talk a little bit about this later on with Amy. But even still, this is a guy that he's looking at and saying, okay, so this is a guy that I'm going to have to beat out once we get into training camp and the preseason and et cetera and et cetera. And that is not uh, you know, after last year with, with Xavier Roulette, and perhaps he wasn't the one that was keeping, that was holding Learnout back, but even still, it's another defenseman. And the Montreal Canadiens at one point this season had nine defensemen on their, you know, they, they, they had just a ridiculous amount of defensemen. And, you know, it, it is a great point by Blaine, and, and I agree with it too, that you have to at some point value your own and especially at this juncture for the Montreal Canadiens, where the future is very much what they have at this moment. They they have to look towards the future and they have to look towards their own. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point by Blaine. And here's, uh, and this is goaltenders, but um, a similar sort of point to the one that, that you were making. Um, yeah. Last year, very early, um, the Canadians signed Etienne Marcoux um, as as a goaltender, as a free agent goaltender. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember hearing the name Etienne Marcoux uh, at all this season? <laughs> Dan, to, to be Very, honest, not much at all. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Etienne Marcoux, uh, the previous season had been an emergency backup for uh, Laval. And, uh, but I, I don't know what the rush was to, to, to sign him. Um, you know, he came to Laval camp and then, um, uh, was immediately dispatched to the ECHL and okay. Uh, with, uh, Lindgren and, and, uh, McNiven in, in Laval, that's fine. Um, you're going to, you're going to bring him up when, when need be. And, and there was, uh, a time when uh, Charlie Lindgren had um, was out for a few weeks, but it wasn't Marcou that was brought up. Instead, the Canadians signed Connor Lacouve. Uh, he happened to be uh, Joel Bouchard's uh, flavor of the week. Came from Maine, um, uh, ECHL goaltender, and we never saw the likes of Marcou for the rest of the season. Um, so, you know, it it was just a. Um, 
kind of a an odd rush uh, that yeah. uh, you might want to sit down and 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 you know as as Chris G said, is there a line around the block for <laughs> signing uh, the services of Christian Folan? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, But that kind of transitions us to uh, the question of the week, and and we're going to be um, uh, getting to your responses uh, later on in the show. Uh, But the question is, the week is, uh, with Christian Folan re-signing this week, who are your six starting defensemen on Habs opening night uh, for next season? And um, to to respond, you can uh, reach out to us on Twitter, um, Habs Connection, at Habs Connection, is uh, the Twitter account uh, for this show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for All Habs, all one word, All Habs. Uh, you can call the show, 213-943-3754. We're live. Um, if you're listening uh, on demand, you can text us, 5853-ROCKET. That's our uh, Rocket Sports uh, uh, text line, 5853-ROCKET. Um, and then, yeah. and we have uh, just a couple of, of of other pieces of of uh, Habs news to get to uh, before we uh, uh, head off to our second segment. So yeah, and and with discussing guys like Brett Lernout and, and training camp, preseason, et cetera, et cetera, we have gotten some good news for the people of New Brunswick. We sure with, have. Uh, yeah, with with Kraft Hockeyville and all of that, they're going to be a, there's going to be a game played in uh, in New Brunswick uh, against the uh, the Florida Panthers. So that's that's some great news for Habs fans in that area, such as uh, a uh, very consistent listener and uh, someone who always chimes into the question of the week, Lacadien, who who said that they're coming home, they're coming to his home province, and he's uh, he's very excited about that. So. Yeah, it's some great news, though, isn't it, for fans of, uh, of the Montreal Canadiens in the New Brunswick area? Well, Fredericton was the home uh, during the yeah. 90s uh, to the Fredericton Canadiens, uh, the AHL team affiliate of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so we know there's, there's uh, lots of Habs fans um, in, uh, in New Brunswick. Uh, the game will be on September 18th. It'll be the Canadiens versus... Uh, the Florida Panthers in Renew, New Brunswick, um, and um, uh, they're uh, 40 miles, 40 kilometers, sorry, southwest of Miramichi. Uh, that's where uh, where it is, and it will be the um, uh, the Tom Donovan Arena. That that's not the site of the game. The site's yet to be announced, but the Tom Donovan uh. Arena will is the winner of Kraft Hockeyville, and they'll be. Um, eligible now for $250,000 in arena upgrades. Um, at the same time, uh, we learned that uh, the New Brunswick game is the only Canadians preseason game outside of the Bell Center this season. Um, oh, wow. So that means um, no Quebec City game uh, mm. this year in the, in, in the exhibition schedule. Um, now the it's kind of been a a tradition the last few years, but um, uh, attendance, I don't know if that, that played a role into it, but attendance has not been good. um, As, um, as the Quebec city fans used to going and seeing the ramparts and, and paying uh, queue prices. 
uh, were kind of balking at the NHL prices for the, the preseason, and they had a tough time um, uh, getting 10,000 people in the, in the arena. So um, instead, um, all, all preseason games in the Bell Center, except for a game in New Brunswick. And uh, as you said, fans are pretty excited about that. Oh, absolutely they are. And, uh, and you, with mentioning the QMJHL, I suppose we'll transition to the other uh, league and uh, the other, one of the other leagues in the CHL, which is the OHL, which we've got some great news about a Canadian's prospect. We're going to be discussing the future and then, and everything uh, related to the Montreal Canadiens prospects with Amy Johnson in just a, a couple of moments. But we do have some news about uh, one Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki is uh, Canadian's um, uh, prospect and, and acquired uh, in the Max Pacioretty trade from uh, Vegas. And this week he was named the CHL Player of the Week. Um, Nick Suzuki playing for the Guelph Storm. And Guelph uh, was down 3-0 uh, against uh, the London Knights and came back to take that series um, uh, and will be moving on. Um, in the Robertson Cup uh, um, playoff uh, hunt. And uh, Nick Suzuki for the weekend, five goals and four assists for uh, 10 points. So he's, yeah. he's uh, certainly tearing it up in uh, the OHL playoffs. Yeah, and that's, that's an exciting bit of news for the Montreal Canadiens as they look uh, to add some prospects with uh, some scoring promise. Uh, so that'll be something to keep an eye on, Nick Suzuki and the, uh, and the Guelph Storm going forward. And we also have news about Caden Primo, who, uh, who you, you got to see in the, uh, the NCAA tournament. And Caden um, Primo going to the uh, Men's World Hockey Championships uh, with Team USA. So that's, that's an exciting development for the Montreal Canadiens as well. And uh, Charlie Lindgren was there last year. So it'll be a, a that, continuation right. of, of, of Canadiens' yeah. prospect goaltenders. That's right. Charlie Lindgren at the Worlds for Team USA last year. Caden Primo this year. Um, Caden Primo, uh, as you mentioned, um, um, in the um, uh, NCAA, the Frozen Four um, uh, regional semis with Northeastern. Um, and once his season was over there, he uh, um, uh, came to Laval. He worked out with goaltending coach uh, Marco Marciano and, and Caden Primo got into a practice uh, with the full team of the Laval Rocket. Um, we'll be seeing uh, a lot more of him there next season. Uh, but for now, off one of 17 players that um, have been named uh, for uh, Team USA for their roster uh, for the Worlds that are uh, going to take place in Slovakia um, uh, a little bit later. Yeah, that's some exciting news for the for Caden Primo, and, and obviously with with the Montreal Canadiens, they have gotten a great. Uh, I mean, with with Charlie Lindgren that played there last year, you have Michael McNiven that's still in Laval. They've got a great crop of goaltenders, and uh, and hopefully uh, Caden Primo gets to shine at some point, or maybe it'll be next year with Laval. Who knows? We're going to discuss all of these things with Amy Johnson. So shall we take a break? Well, I'm just going to mention one more thing. If I can uh, go, go ahead. It's all yours. <laughs> um, uh, just uh, of interest. Um, we were talking about uh, the world championships being in Slovakia and across the pond and, and uh, uh, caught a glimpse of the KHL 
uh, mm, finals and, right. and their season wrapped up. The Gagarian cup was, uh, uh, present, presented, um, and, um, the Moscow team, what, what I'll call what used to be called the red army team, central red army team, um, was the, uh, the champion, um, uh, and, and secured the Gagarin cup and they did what the Tampa Bay could not do Tampa Bay lightning. <laughs> and that is, uh, be the top team in the regular season and then win. Um, um, so they beat, um, Avangard for nothing. Um, and, um, uh, they, they won, uh, the final game three, two in overtime to take that series, as I said, for nothing. Um, the the Red Army team, uh, the Moscow team, that's the team that Alexander Radulov, for Canadians, Connections. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the name of our show, so we'll make some connections here. Alexander Radulov, he had played for that team uh, while he was uh, away from the NHL and before he returned to um, uh, the Montreal Canadiens in the NHL. Um, Mikhail Gregorenko is their leading scorer. Oh. Uh, and we remember that he played uh, for the Remparts, the, the aforementioned Remparts uh, yeah. in the queue, and, and was taken in the, the same draft uh, that Alex Galchenyuk was taken. He was taken 12th overall that season in 2012. And there was some talk because of his playing in the queue that uh, there was certainly some Canadians fans that were uh, hoping that uh, he would be selected by the Canadians, and it's, it's probably a bit, yeah. good thing that he didn't. Um, an associate captain on this uh, Moscow team uh, was Nikita Nesterov, and we remember oh. him as uh, yeah. a um, um, uh, defenseman for for Montreal, and uh, also a defenseman by the name of Alexander Romanov. is uh, mm. uh, a Gagarin Cup winner, and uh, he'll spend one more season in the KHL and then head hopefully head to the Montreal Canadiens to help out uh, on defense. Uh, the team that, that um, we're not stopping with the Canadians connections. This is yeah. uh, like, where are they now? Segment. Yeah. Uh, Borrowed from, from the press box. Avangard, the team they played against is coached by Bob Hartley. And you remember uh, the, the legions of fans that were hoping that Bob Hartley was going to take over behind the Montreal bench uh, when, uh, when Michelle Terrian was uh, having some difficulty um, they, there's, uh, Max Talbot, uh, is on the avant-garde team and, and, and because of his connections to Quebec, there was lots of fans wanting him to come here. Cody Franson was talked about in rumors. Um, he's on the back end for avant-garde. Alexei Emelin plays defense for avant-garde. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, there was controversy as there was a uh, goaltender interference and they had to review it in the, in the final game. And you know who was involved in, in, in the crease? It, it probably a first ever. Oh. David DeHarnay. David DeHarnay. Turned out he, he wasn't, it, he, the goal oh. was allowed. Uh, but David DeHarnay is, is uh, on the avant-garde team and backstopping <laughs> the avant-garde team. As, uh, are you bored yet? Are you tired? No, <laughs> no, no. Um, Carrie Ramo. Uh, do you remember Carrie wow, Ramo? Wow, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, he was this way back crazy. in 2010. He was uh, acquired by the Montreal Canadiens for uh, Cedric the Entertainer Desjardins. Uh, Cedric just Desjardins. a crazy goaltender. 
Um, and then Ramo was packaged up with Mike Camilleri and sent to Calgary in that infamous uh, mid-game trade for Rene Bork. Yeah. Um, and, and just of interest, um, what, uh, that trade, um, Rene Bork, Patrick Holland, and a second-round pick came back from Calgary, and the Canadians used that pick to pick Zach Fukali. Um, and, and the, the, um, Calgary also got, uh, the Canadians got Ramo, Camilleri and a fifth round pick and Calgary picked, who do you think they picked? Ryan Culkin. Ryan Culkin played 10 games for Laval this season. Um, and, uh, Laval is going to be the topic of our second segment with, uh, Amy Johnson, see how I tied it all up there yeah. in a nice, neat little bow for you? Yeah, see, like, you're good at what you do. So, you know how to do all <laughs> of that stuff, weave things together in a way that makes a lot of sense. So, wow, that was just, and, and I always love listening to the Where Are They Now segment because I hear names and I'm like, oh my, like Max Talbot. The fact that Max Talbot's still playing hockey to me, that is, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's been playing a long time. And, and Terry Ramo, of course, like, these are names that, that they're just they're they're in my mind there somewhere and then all it needs is just a little bit of reminder and then oh my god just the memories just everything comes coming back to me so with that said you tied it up very nicely we are going to have amy johnson on in just a couple of moments she's going to be talking with us uh, you guys hosting from the press box together you guys know a little about rocket as well as just about anybody so we're going to be discussing the Laval Rocket season, maybe some candidates who could join the Montreal Canadiens next season. So we're going to talk about all of that stuff after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. 
allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And we're excited to have Amy Johnson on the show. If there were like, you know, word clouds where they have like the more you say a word, the the bigger the letters are. If there was a word cloud for this podcast, I think Amy Johnson would be just slightly behind Carrie Price and Montreal Canadiens in terms of wow. how much that is said. And that is high My praise goodness. coming. <laughs> how are you doing, Amy? I'm doing great, guys. It's it's fabulous to be here on the on the Canadians Connection podcast. I listen every week, so I'm I'm excited to to join the show today. I well, we're happy to have you. Um, yeah, we we. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I, I had to to borrow one of uh, one of the segments <laughs> from from the press box uh, and weave a bit of uh, tale of where are they now uh, in the last segment. I'll allow it once. I'll allow it once. <laughs> it's a it's a very in demand segment on from the press box. So uh, yeah. your your stories <laughs> of tying everything together always always are very well received. In fact, I want to, if I may, just quickly add to your oh, uh, yeah. Canadians connection yeah. down the avant garde road. Um, there could also be another addition to that team next year. Uh, it has not been confirmed by the team yet, uh, but the rumor is, and I know we don't usually talk about rumors, but uh, it seems that the player in question has also basically kind of confirmed this unofficially on social media, uh, that Nikita Sherbeck has signed with Avangard as well. Again, wow. nothing confirmed yet, but might be seeing Nikita Sherbeck playing on that team as well next year. Uh-huh. More connections. Well, there we go. <laughs> that's that's why we name that's that's why we're named the Canadians Connection Podcast because we make <laughs> connections everywhere. Even our guests. Even uh, I feel like I'm on an episode of From the Press Box right now, and and that's really exciting because I love your guys' podcast, and and you guys are incredibly informative with the Laval Rocket, the AHL as a whole. So, Amy, I guess we'll get things started with. Your impressions of Joel Bouchard's first year behind the bench of the Laval Rocket. What did you make of his first season? And and really, I mean, when you look back on the season for the Laval Rocket, what kinds of things would you say were successes and, and maybe didn't work out the way that the Montreal Canadiens may have envisioned it? Well, that's a that can be quite a suitcase to unpack. So I'll, I'll <laughs> hit the hot. <laughs> I'll hit the high points, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's, I, I will say this. Um, the Laval Rocket did, in fact, end up with a better record this year than they did last year. Hmm. That sounds positive on the surface. <laughs> However, they actually only had six more wins than they did last year uh, and finished basically in the, same, in the same ranking in the AHL. But... Um, things that they did improve on were their home ice performances. Um, they last year they they only had ten wins on home ice at Place Bell, and this year uh, they they far exceeded that. In fact, they went on a stretch through December and January where they were winning almost every home game, and it really kind of helped create a buzz uh, in Laval and and among fans and whatnot. And it it's you know it helped 
kind of solidify that fan base a little more when they could get behind a winning a winning team. Um, their issue most of the time was on the road. Uh, their their road record was was dismal this year. Um, and again, as I said, they they really overall only had six more wins this year than they had last year. So slight improvement. Um, but you have to keep in mind that yes, Joel Bouchard was the new coach this year. But it wasn't just Joel Bouchard who was who was the rookie coach. Um, his both of his assistants were as well. Daniel Jacob and Alex Burrows um, had maybe a half a cup of coffee in retirement before it was announced that he was going <laughs> to uh, <laughs> before it was decided that he was going to be an assistant coach in the AHL. Um, Marco Marciano, the goaltending and video coach, was the only uh, incumbent, the only returnee uh, from the coaching staff for last season. And Rick and I had talked about this at the beginning of the season on From the Press Box, that this was, this was a very impactful decision for the Montreal Canadiens organization to make because not only were all three of these coaches going to be coming in as fresh blood behind the bench, but all three of these coaches did not have professional coaching experience. Alex Burroughs had none. He was coming fresh off of, a, off of being a player. And Daniel Jacob and Joel Bouchard only had junior hockey coaching experience. And so that combination, that was the big question back in September is, okay, we don't necessarily feel so confident in bringing an entire core of, of, of men behind the bench who don't have professional hockey coaching experience, but let them prove us wrong. Well, the one thing we heard all year long from Joel Bouchard was about how young his roster was. And you could say behind the bench. I mean, the whole team was young, uh, was new, yeah. was green. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I, I guess I don't know the decision-making behind um, the selection of the roster at the beginning of the season, but it was it was handpicked. Mark Bergevin, Joel Bouchard handpicked this roster, um, and they chose to not bring back a lot of the veterans, not make room for them, or, or do things that would that would make sure that they stayed. And instead, they brought in a whole core of young guys, mostly from the QMJHL and mostly from the Armada, which is where Joel Bouchard and Daniel Jacob hailed from. So it seemed like they were kind of to me, to an out, to to an observer, uh, stick with what you know. And okay, yeah. that that can work to a degree, but it doesn't necessarily work in the AHL. And when that became very apparent, um, then the the answer that was relied upon in press scrum after press scrum after press scrum was, well, you can't forget how young we are, and we have almost the youngest roster in the league, or we have the youngest roster in the Eastern Conference, and. You're constantly harping on the youth movement. Well, that was that was the roster that was selected. Um, you know, you've got guys like Dan Carr, gone. He's the AHL League MVP for the year. Chris Terry putting up big numbers. Zach Redmond, um, you remember yeah. Zach Redmond? Zach Redmond on defense this year um, in Rochester. Defenseman with 21 goals, 29 assists this year, 50 points for Zach Redmond this year. You talk about Will Bitten, Kirby Reichel. Um, you've got guys like, remember Marcus Eisenschmidt, change of pace for him. He's uh, out there in Germany playing for Adler Mannheim, and he's putting up um, gigantic numbers out there as well, as opposed to the time that he spent uh, in Laval last season. Um, even even defensemen like Renat Valiev are putting up numbers similar to what guys like um, 
you know, David Sklenichger putting up and, and things like that. So combine that with Kenny Agostino shouldn't have been playing in Montreal. He should have been playing in the AHL. Michael Chaput should have been playing in the AHL. He shouldn't have been playing up in the NHL. And you let go of Byron Fraze, who also was a veteran stalwart and your captain. You put all those things together, and it's like, well, you've got this core of guys with experience who know how to score, and all of them, whether they were – and don't forget, yes, you lost Nikita Sherback to waivers. You lost Jacob De La Rose to waivers. Um, you, you've got now a core of players who know how to score on a team that can't score, and you've got a bunch of young players who've got very little uh, role models and, and guys to learn from, um, except on the defense, as you guys talked about last last <laughs> segment. Uh, they had plenty of experience on, on the defense. Uh, which was their, aside from their goaltending, that was, you know, they they consistently had the fewest goals scored against because of how thick their defense was, but that was all the NHL experience there. So overall, my grade for Joel Bouchard, hmm, I'll be I'll be kind and put it at the middle of the road. Um, he's a very intense coach. Some of the players seem to like that. Um, but towards the end of the season, he, he constantly talked about how tired his young players were. And, and Rick, I know you have said uh, on our From the Press Box podcast in the, back, in the past that perhaps that kind of intensity from a coach um, on, a, on an AHL schedule of 76 games instead of a QMJHL schedule uh, could take its toll on young players. And um, that perhaps that's what we, saw, what we saw this season. So I think there's still – Plenty of room for improvement um, from the coaching staff as well as how they approach the roster next year. Well, definitely. In in uh, in a league where, as you said, 76 games, there's three and threes, there's um, you know playing at night and then and then a matinee the next day. Uh, there's a reason um, that Joel Bouchard stands out um, and is more intense, let's let's say, than than other coaches. Um, mm-hmm. And and many are assuming that that's uh, that's all a good thing. May not be, um, given how we saw uh, Laval fade uh, down the stretch. Um, you mentioned um, the the handpicked roster uh, by uh, Bouchard and and Bergevin. Uh, it, it was, as you said, completely overhauled from the previous year, and there was pretty high expectations and. Um, you know, uh, Joel Bouchard said um, uh, there wasn't going to be much development unless there was winning. Winning uh, breeds development, and there wasn't development, um, or there wasn't winning. Um, now, I know that uh, Joe's going to ask you in a bit, um, you know, about about candidates to graduate to the Canadians to fill some holes. But, mm-hmm. but uh, and this might be a completely different list. Um, of that, of that, uh, revamped roster. Um, uh, who are the standouts that uh, that uh, that you saw this year uh, for Laval? Now, is this roster in general, or specifically guys who were new to the team this year? No, just just in general. Um, okay. Who 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 stood out for you uh, over the course of the season? A um, couple of uh, defensemen certainly stood out for me. Uh, Brett Lernout is one of them. Brett Lernout, we've talked plenty of times about how he has not gotten a fair shake in the NHL uh, again. And we can probably a conversation for another day is uh, the Canadians' inability to transition 
well-developed players from the AHL to the NHL um, and, and how they are treated when they reach the NHL um, and learn out as a victim of that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, people, will, people will say, oh, he comes up and he makes mistakes and he doesn't look good. Well, when you're afraid to make mistakes, otherwise you're going to be watching from the press box, that does, that's not the, the recipe for success uh, when you're playing in the NHL. But Brett Lernout, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is NHL ready. Uh, he was fantastic all this season, as you as you mentioned in the first segment, Rick. Um, he's just he's he's a complete package, solid stay-at-home defenseman. But this year, even had some offense. I, I think that he had nine points this season, four goals, five assists, something like that. Um, and a couple of those goals were in key moments in key games. Um, and and Brett Larnout is not known for his offense, but he's got a fantastic shot, particularly from the point. And um, when he has the space to to put it on net, it usually gets through. Um, I'd like to see him uh, really get an honest shot uh, at making the roster this year over guys like Christian Fullen. Um, so what's your what's your take on let's let's just uh, let me, if I can interrupt your train of thought sure. for a minute and and to tie it back to. Our first segment, uh, what's your opinion of the Christian Fulman signing? It's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. My, my tweet. <laughs> and, 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 I, and we should say that, that he came from the Flyers. Uh, you, you, have, <laughs> yeah. you also cover the Flyers, um, so you have some fam- familiarity of, of, of uh, Christian Fulman when he was with the, Canadians or, with the Flyers organization prior to yeah. coming to the Canadians. And there's a reason why the Flyers let him go. Um, Christian Folan is is nothing special. Like I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to be realistic. Um, and as you say, okay, maybe if he's a depth signing, great. But I agree completely with what was the freaking rush? I mean, we're a week into the off season, and the first priority of the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> is that they have to lock up Christian Folan. I, just that I, I, my head spun around three times on my neck when I saw that hit social media um, because I thought it was a joke. Um, Christian Fullen was serviceable at best. Um, I think Brett Lernout could challenge him for a position, and Christian Fullen could find himself under the tutelage of Joel Bouchard next season. Um, he's not somebody that somebody's going to pick up on waivers. Um, he's just. He's just okay. He's there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know he's he's got he's got some decent qualities, but there's nothing that makes him stand out. There's nothing that sets him apart from the pack. Um, in addition, on the blue line for Laval this year, uh, one name and and Rick, he was one you a name you mentioned in passing in the first segment. Um, who I was very impressed with his progression. Um, and frankly, we Rick, Rick, you and I were, were impressed with his play right from the beginning of the season and were concerned that he wasn't getting the ice time that he needed. And then once he was given more responsibility, he really developed nicely, and that's David Sklenichka. Um, very solid defenseman, um, reliable, can be physical when he needs to be, um, and just really, you know, it took a little while to adapt to the North American ice. It didn't help that he was put in the press box quite often, um, especially towards the beginning of the season. But once he was given some regular, consistent ice time and responsibility, he he really came into his own um, a bit. Aside from that, the guys that really stood out um, as far as, as really 
kind of coming into their own this season and, and stood out on the team. Um, yes, Jake Evans had a had a great season, uh, had some injuries, but but had a great season. Lucas Vedemo, um, again, plagued by the injury bug a little bit, but also found times where he was consistently improving, particularly, and, and Rick, you've noted this before, uh, when, when on a line with Nikita Yevpilovs. Um, while Nikita Yevpilovs isn't someone that I think is going to crack an NHL lineup, um, really, really fun AHL player to watch and, and good playmaker and can really um, bring out the best in his line mates. And that was none more apparent than when he was on a line with Lucas Vedemo. Um, Daniel Aldette had a, had a great progression through his season. He started out regularly down on the third and fourth line. And by the end of the season, he was playing on the top line, second line at times, um, as well as Alex Belzeal. Uh Alex Belzeal, again, solid AHL, uh, forward. I don't see him progressing much past that, but, uh, put up some good production this year as well. So there are some guys uh, the there were a lot of ECHL guys called up from the main Mariners um, and not many of them made a very good impression on this uh, observer and analyst, but, um, but yeah, there was, there was definitely a handful of guys. Um, and thankfully many of them Canadians prospects, that stood out. Now the question is, can they continue to develop them and then transition them properly? That's yet to be determined. Yeah, that's, that's the big question. And, uh, and the Canadians do have, uh, to their credit, they do have a good group of prospects that, uh, that hopefully can make the jump. And speaking of that, and you mentioned Brett Learnout as being a guy that could challenge a Christian Fullen for a roster spot. Is there anyone else that you look at with LaBelle Rocket and say that that's a guy that could potentially be a Montreal Canadian or, or, or be a part of the opening night roster next season? That's a tricky question. Um, as yeah. far as opening night roster, the only other guy that for sure is already behind the eight ball and in, in needing to have been there already is going to be Charlie Lindgren. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Lindgren should be Carey Price's backup. He, Frankly, he should have been his backup this past season. But be that as it may, they decided to sign Niemi. Obviously, that's not happening again. Charlie Lindgren is absolutely 110% ready to be Carey Price's backup. Um, so Lindgren and Learnout are probably the two guys uh, who I would say should be on the roster opening night. Um, there are a few guys who could perhaps call-ups to get a look during the season. Um, depending, if Vedamo continues to progress the way he did this year, he could get a look for a couple of games, not for anything more permanent than that. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I'm hesitant to even say guys could get call-ups because I don't want it to be misinterpreted as this guy is ready to play in the NHL. Yeah. That's that's not the case. And I'm going to say that particularly about Josh Brook and Jake Evans. Um, Jake Evans has a ton of potential. He's not ready to play in the NHL full-time yet. Uh, he could get a look for a couple of games just to see what he, what he can do, but he needs to spend another full season in Laval. Josh Brook, absolutely not ready for the NHL. Um, has a ton of upside. Really like what, we've, what we saw in those 
seven or eight games that he played for Laval. But there were also times, in fact, we spoke about this on the, on the From the Press Box podcast this week, there were times this past weekend that Josh Brook looked very much like a rookie defenseman. And so he's got a lot to learn. He needs a full season, at least, uh, in the AHL. But we know what he's capable of doing and I think that once he fully acclimates to the AHL style of play the speed um, as he said to us uh, last weekend after their last game in Binghamton he said you know I have to learn that um, I can't make as as many risky moves in my game now because the skill level at the AHL means those those risky moves and any of those kinds of mistakes guys are going to make you pay for it. And so once he adjusts to that, I think he's got a ton of upside. I think he's going to be a great player down the road for the Canadians. Um, But not a lot as far as guys who are ready to make the jump next year. Learn out in Lindgren, yes. The rest, maybe there's a two or three who could get a look if the Canadians have injuries. That's one thing. Uh, Joel Bouchard was not without guys this year because of a ton of Uh, call-ups to the NHL because the Canadians stayed relatively healthy this year. Uh, So there wasn't a lot of opportunity for Bergevin and Julien to get a look at how guys would do in the NHL. So maybe they get a little bit more of that next year to kind of suss things out. But um, I think most of the guys are going to play most of the season down in the AHL. Well, Amy, um, we really want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Canadians Connection uh, podcast. Um, uh, I just want to say that uh, you're a, a really valued member of the Rocket Sports team and, and the work uh, that you do as lead contributor for uh, AHL reports uh, is, um, is second to none. It's, it's the best coverage uh, in the AHL and, um, and certainly of, of the Laval Rocket and, and uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms um, and, and, and prospects uh, throughout the NCAA and junior hockey and, and, um, and uh, uh, we want to thank you for that. And, and for people who don't know where to find you, um, uh, why, don't you uh, why don't you give them all your, uh, where you can be found and, and, uh, and uh, uh, talk a bit about the From the Press Box uh, podcast that, uh, that you host as well. Well, first I have to say uh, a very humble thank you. That's a uh, high praise coming from our editor-in-chief, and, and I certainly appreciate that. Our, our whole, our entire AHL report team works very hard to bring uh, such detailed coverage of the LaBelle Rocket, uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and the rest of the AHL. Um, so if you would like to get in on that coverage, um, you can certainly find us online. Our website is ahl.report. That's ahl.report. Be sure to follow us uh, on Twitter, live game updates, videos from games, all sorts of things. You can find us on Twitter at the AHL report. uh, And you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. Well, do all of those things. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Let me, let me just slide right in there. I, I, can't forget about the From the Press Box podcast, which we've mentioned a few times today. Uh, The From the Press Box podcast is co-hosted by Rick and myself. Uh, You can find us every Tuesday at the AHL Report, uh, and we break down uh, all the latest news from the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, as well as news from all around the AHL, uh, which the the Calder Cup playoffs are just heating up this week. This is the first week for that. Um, But uh, beyond that, we talk a lot about prospects, 
junior hockey, um, even European leagues and uh, NCAA hockey and the draft. Uh, we always uh, we have got lots of coverage about prospects coming down the line and potential draftees uh, and so on and so forth. So be sure you catch uh, our podcast between Rick and I from the press box on the AHL report every Tuesday. As I said, one of my favorite podcasts that you guys are, are so in depth and you pass along your knowledge and, and we very much appreciate you passing on your knowledge here in this segment. So thank you for joining us. Like Rick mentioned, like Rick said, I, I echo all of his sentiments. Thank you for uh, joining us. Maybe go out and enjoy the rest of your day, have some apple pie and, and just take it easy. <laughs> so uh, I had to slide that one in there. Uh, <laughs> but yes, thank you very much for joining us here in this segment to talk about the Montreal Canadiens future. When, uh, when thinking about who we could have on to discuss that. There was no one else that came to mind. It was just you. Uh, your coverage, along with the AHL report, has been fantastic all season. So, uh, yes, thank you very much uh, for hopping on and sharing your knowledge. Um, Thanks so much, guys. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Have a have a enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks a lot. So, when we come back, I guess we'll wrap this thing up and discuss the uh, question of the week, uh, which, uh, as Amy was talking about with uh, Christian Follin. There's been you know, some back and forth uh, with, with the question of the week. The responses that we've been getting have been flooding in with Poland resigning. Who are your six starting defensemen on, uh, on the Habs opening night for next season? So we'll get to your responses on Twitter and Facebook after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
we're back here on the Canadian Connection. Once again, we'd like to thank Amy Johnson for joining us, uh, talking about the Montreal Canadiens' future. And with that in mind, I guess we'll talk about, uh, again, once again, a signing the Montreal Canadiens made earlier this week. That has uh, some implications, I guess, towards players like a Brett Lernout, as we were talking about earlier. So the question of the week there was, uh, with Fulham resigning, who are your six starting defensemen on Habs opening night? For next season and we've gotten uh, quite a few responses and this seems to be something of a, of a hot button issue for the Montreal Canadiens I mean obviously when you look at their team that left side of the defense was, was identified as a bit of a weak spot for them but uh, you know this is something that I guess with an off season ahead of us we can we can kind of uh, make our make our own suggestions and uh, we've gotten quite a few we got Chris G with uh, who filled in for me last week He's saying that there'd be some sort of an acquisition playing alongside of Shea Weber. You have Meta playing with Petrie, and you have Kulak playing with Folan. And uh, that is with a with a point to make uh, very clear that Juleson will start the season in Laval for top minutes after missing time due to injury. And at some point, we'll probably come in and, and replace Folan in that bottom six. Uh, we have Blaine Potvin, who you mentioned earlier, saying Gost is bare. The cost will be high alongside of Shea Weber. Uh, Gosses Bear is someone that you pointed out as well as, as maybe a bit of a, of a target at some point for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, you have Meta and Petrie, and then you have Kulak with Learnout or Folan. So that's that's an interesting one there. You have uh, Jason saying Meta with Weber, Sekiro with Petrie, and then you have Kulak slash Markov with Juleson. And uh, that would be quite the return, wouldn't it? Uh, Andre Markov coming back in the fold. Uh, you have uh, Etienne saying... Uh, Weber, uh, MB must acquire a left defenseman to play with him. You have Petrie with Meta. You have Juleson with Kulak. And then uh, we have Samuel Gerber saying Edler and Weber. Scott Harrington slash. This one's a, this one's a little bit uh, a little bit convoluted, but he says that uh, CBJ uh, Columbus has a lot. Uh, three right shot, uh, or excuse me, RFA left shot defenseman to sign, along with a number of key players. Murray or Harrington won't be made available. Getting Edler to leave Vancouver won't be easy. But playing with Weber and Price helps. So with that, I uh, preface that with, with, with his response, which was Edler and Weber, Scott Harrington, and Ryan Murray alongside Petrie, Kulak, and Juleson. So this one has a lot of movement involved, but uh, very much still, uh, still a very good suggestion. Uh, hopefully someone's listening. <laughs> uh, what's Facebook saying? On Facebook, and if you want to join the conversation on Facebook, just search All Habs, All Habs, all one word, and uh, you can answer the question too. Um, Blaine Potvin, staff writer uh, Blaine Potvin says, can we clone Larry Robinson? The technology exists. Um, <laughs> along the same line, Serge Primo says, uh, here's my six, Savard, Lapointe, Robinson, Ludwig, Bouchard, Chartra. Um, and Chartra, I, I like that he got Sh- uh, Rick Chartra in there. Um, probably, <laughs> I'd... I, 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 I don't know if, if there's any others, but uh, certainly he was the one Venezuelan uh, defenseman that the Canadians ever had from uh, Caracas. Yeah, that was always a, um, an interesting point about Rick Chartra. Um, we have Brad Gruel who says Weber, Meta, Petrie, Juleson, Jake Gardner, and Tyler Myers. Um, now, wouldn't that be – Tyler Myers would be – Yeah. That would be that would be great. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it plays on the wrong side. But but uh, uh, Jets are gonna Jets are gonna be in a cap crunch, and uh, mm-hmm. maybe uh, uh, 
uh, well, there's there's Kulikov that um, that uh, uh, you know Mark Bergevin may be able to give uh, the Jets some cap relief by taking on Kulikov, or or uh, but if he could pry um, Myers out of that, be Tyler Myers, that'd be terrific. Um, mm-hmm. Jason Mulliger, Mullig- Milligan says Weber Perry, I think he means Petrie. Uh, Meta Juleson, and then he has question marks. Uh, he said, we need trades or we need to sign UFAs. Bob Kyler says, Weber, Meta, Petrie, Juleson, and then I'm stuck. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, uh, Mark Bergevin was stuck last summer and couldn't fill those holes on the, the left side. So let's hope he does a better job this off season. And uh, that would be obviously, I mean, looking at the Montreal, as I said, the left side of the defense is looking a little bit uh, weak at the moment and, and all of this past season. So this is going to be an interesting off season for Mark Bergevin to see if he can't fill some of those, uh, some of those voids uh, because obviously Victor Meta was asked to do a lot this season and you might want to avoid asking him to do it again. Maybe he'll progress, but we shall see. Um, so, you have got an email. <laughs> well, there's so many different ways to contact us on social media yeah. um, and, uh, and certainly on our text line all week long, 24 hours a day. Anytime you're listening to our podcast and you have something to say, send us a text at 5853ROCKET. And, um, and we know a number of people do that. But we have an email this, this week. And this comes from the UK, uh, a, a gentleman by the name of David Voss. Uh, who says, hi, I've been listening to your podcast a lot lately from over here and really enjoying them. Um, I wanted to contact you to see if you know of any Jersey contests. Uh, I'm a broke fan from the UK and would love to have a Habs jersey, but simply can't afford it. <laughs> Many thanks, uh, Dave. Well, Dave, we, we know your uh, uh, w- w- the feeling uh, jerseys are expensive, Um <laughs> And uh, and maybe a, a hat or a jersey uh, from Tree Color will uh, will do, um, or the fanatic site. Um, but certainly, if we hear of any uh, jersey contests, or if our listeners hear of any uh, jersey contests, uh, we'll be glad to to pass that along uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and as Rick mentioned, there's uh, numerous ways to reach us. And we always appreciate it when you do. So please don't be afraid. <laughs> Drop us a line. Text us, as Rick mentioned. We'll, uh, we'll always get to your, uh, to your comments and, and, and certainly over Twitter and Facebook as well. So uh, anything else you'd like to get to before we wrap this thing up for another week? Well, uh, the news never stops. And, and uh, no. <laughs> we just want to thank all of our uh, all of our readers, all of our visitors to the website, and all of our listeners here on the Canadians Connection, we're, we're happy that uh, we have such passionate fans who continue to find us. Um, this past week has, has uh, uh, been our, our uh, most subscribed week of, of 2019. Um, I, I know that, that uh, um, the choice is somewhat limited uh, when it gets to the offseason because uh, certain uh, of the the mainstream media uh, outlets stop covering the Canadians very much, and and uh, um, so as far as independent sites, uh, we can commit to you that we provide content uh, almost every day because there's there's plenty of news 
no, and I shouldn't say almost. We provide content every single day. And yeah. uh, so come to allhabs.net um, uh, for, for uh, content, for podcasts. Um, and, um, and as you mentioned, age, as we mentioned earlier in the show, AHL.report for um, your prospect coverage. Um, if you're on the go, as you might be uh, in the spring and summer months, um, just, uh, just use your, your favorite podcast application and search for Rocket Sports Radio. You'll get our podcast, The Canadian's Connection. You'll get From the Press Box that we talked about. Uh, and um, uh, Habs Unfiltered had a, uh, um, a podcast out on Friday uh, with uh, Matt and Blaine. Have a listen with Lewis and Gibby is a little infrequent, but they've got plenty of great back episodes you can listen to. Uh, so four podcasts, um, um, all um, under the Rocket Sports Radio umbrella. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned, all, every day, every day there's new stuff that's dropping. We've got great writers, uh, great podcasts, four of them that you can listen to. So this is really, I mean, and you can find those podcasts on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Search for Rocket Sports Radio and subscribe. So, yeah, you get all of those. You get those four podcasts that he mentioned. Uh, this one from the press box, Habs Unfiltered, and have a listen. And all you got to do is hit the subscribe button. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of content that's coming out, even with Montreal Canadiens out of uh, for another year. But uh, we still have content that's coming out. So be sure to uh, to read and, and listen to all of it. it. It's great stuff. It really is. Um, so I guess we'll wrap this thing up then. Uh, this is, uh, it's great to be back after missing a week and, and Chris filled in last week, which I very much appreciate. And, uh, you guys didn't miss a beat, but there was less, uh, there was less, um, uh, I guess confrontation than, than I would have imagined. I would have, I was prepared for, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you guys didn't miss a beat with your old hats 360, uh, back and forth. So that was, it was a great episode last week and, uh, I, I'm happy to be back and, uh, and had had a great guest like Amy back with us uh, for this week. So this was a, this was a fun episode. And uh, anything you like to say before we sign off? Well, welcome back, and uh, and uh, we'll see everybody next week again. Uh, we're live every Saturday afternoon, so uh, tune in uh, to the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, um, there's allhabs.net. There's also our website, uh, canadiansconnection.com will take you to, uh, all of the, uh, the, the episodes. And if you want to listen to some back episodes too, and, uh, reminisce about the season, um, <laughs> that was an exciting season for the Montreal Canadiens. Didn't finish the way, uh, we all would have liked yeah. it, but, uh, it was a great season. Um, and, uh, we'll see you. Uh, during the week online and we'll see you right back here next Saturday for uh, another Canadians connection podcast. Yeah. That'll be at 1 PM Eastern and 2:30 Newfoundland time. So we will be back with you then. And until then, thank you for tuning into the Canadians connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadians, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.